0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 19 of the Hang Time with Halgie podcast. I'm your host, Luke Halgerson. We're going to do things a little different today. Still going to do the five topics, unpopular opinion, but you know what today is, people, on this beautiful July 23rd of 2020 it is officially opening day for Major League Baseball so we're just strictly top talking baseball today all five topics unpopular opinion will be baseball related so let's get things started we're going to start with this First of all, it's open tonight, so I'm going to make a couple of predictions. Not necessarily about tonight's games that feature the Washington Nationals against the New York Yankees. And the second game of the night is the San Francisco Giants against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm actually going to make some division predictions here. I'm going to predict who's going to win the divisions. And also, maybe predict the second and third place teams who will be my choices for the wild card. Not given any, you know... Not going anything definitive here. We're just naming the division winners, possible second place, and the teams that I think will finish the wild card. We'll make predictions from there once we move forward with this. But let's get it started with the AL East, the team that I think is going to win. Got to be the Yankees. They have one of the deepest rosters in all of baseball. It's not that hard to see. Just top to bottom. I've talked about it before. There's a reason they're one of the favorites to win it. DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, Torres, Stanton hicks sanchez volt gardner Uh, like i said one of the deepest lineups in all of baseball everyone can go yard at any moment it's absolutely unbelievable little stacked on the right side Hicks is the only switch hitter, and Brent Gardner's is the only left-handed hitter, but I don't think that's a big deal. And then again, you look at their rotation. They brought in Garrett Cole. They still have James Paxson. They got J.A. Happ. I expect Tanaka to, to return at some point. Still got a devastating bullpen as well, led by Britton. It's, they got a lot of guys all over the place who can make things happen. So Yankees got to be the favorite to win the AL East. And the team that I think is going to finish second, A team no one talks about because, frankly, they don't have any fans. They have the worst stadium in all of baseball and maybe all professional sports, and that would be the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they're going to finish second place. You know, if you're not a baseball person, you don't know anyone on this team. I guarantee you ask a random baseball fan to name one person on the Tampa Bay Rays, and they might be able to tell you Blake Snell because he won the Cy Young a couple years ago. But that's about it. Can't name a lot of guys. I mean, I can look at it, and I see they got Choi, they got Diaz, you know, Hunter Renfro's a pretty good player, Brendan Lowe's a kind of a guy who's bounced around the league, Kevin Kiermaier, they they have names if you've paid any little bit of attention to baseball, but they're definitely not household names. Definitely not household names, but still very solid team. Well coached. They also have a good pitching staff. They got Charlie Morton, like I said, former Cy Young winner Blake Snell, uh, Yarbrough, Ryan Yarbrough, another good pitcher. Yeah, you know, just a team you wouldn't expect to be that great, but they're a talented team. They're a talented team. Just no one talks about them because they're one of the most irrelevant franchises because they play in one of the worst stadiums. It's in a bad location. You know, we know what it is with Tampa Bay. So I got Tampa Bay finishing second in the AL East. Moving on, next division, AL Central. I'm going to pick the Minnesota Twins. You know, yeah, you could say I'm just going with the favorite, but broke the home run record last year. You know, they can hit everyone in their lineup, just like the Yankees. Everybody can hit home runs. Everyone can hit home runs. You know, it'd be the first time they'd secure back-to-back uh, in a decade. Uh, I like their chances of, you know, winning the World Series. And if you were to place a bet with their odds, I'd like, to, I'd like to put a bet down on them. You know, they got Kepler, Polanco. They got Cruz, brought in Donaldson from the Braves last year. I like Sano. I assume Buxton is at some point going to make the leap offensively. Uh, Garver, Mar- Marwin Gonzalez coming off the bench. You know, Alex Avila as well. You know, they got a lot of talented hitters right there. It really comes down to pitching. And that's what they added. They brought in Rich Hill from the Dodgers. They brought in Kente, Kentaminata from the Dodgers as well. They put themselves in a good position. They added talent. They got better. They were already good last year. They made themselves better. They should be able to make some things happen. I like the Twins winning the Central. team that I got finishing second might surprise you, but not really if you've listened to the podcast at all. Kind of the sleeper team that I had, the Chicago White Sox, I think are going to finish second place over the Cleveland Indians. I think it's going to be a close race of the Indians and the White Sox, but I'm going to take the White Sox. And the reason for that, such a young up-and-coming team. I think this lineup is going to surprise a lot of people, and I wish I could have seen it in 162 games to see how really dangerous this lineup could be, but in a short sprint, Of these 60 games, they're going to be a problem. Tim Anderson, Mancada, Abreu, Grandal, Encarnacion. I'm so mad the Cubs traded him, but Jimenez. They got young up-and-comer Luis Robert. Just, they, they got guys in that lineup. Not a lot of household names, but they're going to become household names because they can hit the hell out of the ball. They're going to be a really dangerous lineup. As far as um, pitching goes, you know, that's where it could get a little tough. They did add Dallas Keuchel. They did bring in Gio Gonzalez. Um, That's going to be the big thing is can the bullpen step up? Can the bullpen and the pitching staff get it done? But I love the offense. That's why I'm taking them to finish second in that AL Central. Moving over, AL West. Uh, Unfortunately, I got to go with the team that's got the most talent um, in the Houston Asterix. Uh, you know, just look at it. They got Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Gary L. They still got Reddick, Correa. They, they still have guys. They still have hitters, even though they don't have the trash can in the dugout anymore that they get a bang on. Still got a good pitching staff, too, led by Verlander. He's still a Cy Young candidate. Grinky's still a good pitcher. Uh, you know, not much needs to be said. You know, I, I don't like them at all. They're my most hated team in the in major league baseball by far but they still got a lot of talent they should win the division team that i got finishing second is another team that just doesn't get enough attention because that you know they're just not in a big market but i got the oakland athletics they always just surprise people they always surprise me i never expect them to be good every year I always just look over and I'm just like the athletics like how are they always this consistently good when they have no one on payroll they have no big name guys the only real big name guy you would say is Matt Chapman because he's one of the best third basemen in the league but I guess they got Marcus Simeon got Matt Olson Chris Davis who seems to hit 247 every single year with 25 plus home runs 30 home runs Sean Murphy you know Solid offense, and always just the pitching is what always surprised me. They got Mike Fiers, the guy who exposed the Astros, um, Montez, Like they, they got guys. They got guys that are just a team that you never expect to be that good, but they always are consistently good. And uh, you know, unless you follow them really closely, you wouldn't know that they're that good. But they are going to be a dangerous team. But I also want to mention a team that I think is going to compete with them. Another surprise team that I've talked about before. I think the Angels will be up there because I think they got a good offense. Uh, I think this offense is going to carry a lot of teams in these sixty games. Just they got the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. They brought in Rendon, Otani. I think is going to be in MVP contention this year because he'll be able to pitch and hit at the same time. They still got Pujols, still got Justin Upton. I know Pujols has been down the past few years because you know he's aging big time, but I like Upton just like where the offense is, and really just comes down to pitching for them. You know, they got Henny, they got Bundy. Again, I think Otani is going to be a beast pitching. Uh, Pay attention to these Angels. I don't think they're just going to be a little pushover like they have been. They added the big bats in Rendon, so watch out for the Angels. I think they'll be right there with the Athletics, but I still think the Astros and Athletics are a little superior, but watch out, Angels could be dangerous. Moving to the National League, starting the NL East. I got the Braves going back to back. They just have the most complete lineup. And they're just the most solidly sound. They got Acuna, you know Freeman, Azuna, Swanson. They just a lot of young talent that is going to be great for years to come. How could you not like that? Uh, they were good last year. They're only going to get better this year. And again, in this sprint format, that's going to happen. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to be really dangerous. So watch out for these Braves, you know, pitching again. That's the biggest thing. Can these teams pitch? And, you know, they they have decent pitching. So I like the Braves to win the division. Team that I think is going to finish second. I think it, it could go either way. Like, I, I still like the Nationals to be the second best team. They still got Trey Turner. They still got Eaton, Soto, I just got a report that he does have the coronavirus, but at some point he's going to play this year. Once you know he does whatever he needs to do to get healthy, they still got Howie Kendrick. They brought in Eric Dames. Uh, they brought in Starlin Castro too. Always love to see my former Cubs do well. You know, still have Kurt Suzuki as the backup catcher. Gomes is projected to be the starter, and I think he's a solid guy. Just and don't forget about this pitching staff. I think that's what pushes. It's going to be back and forth. I really think it's the Braves or the Nationals because the pitching staff is still great. They still got Scherzer. They still got Strasburg. Patrick Corbin is nice. Anibal Sanchez. I don't think the Nationals are going away. They just won the World Series. I don't think they were a one year fluke. I think they're still dangerous, even though they lost Rendon. So I think they'll be towards the top. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give a little credit to a team that rarely ever gets the credit. Because they usually are pretty inconsistent, but I guess I'll name them and uh, give them a chance to at least have their name out there. I think the Mets will be the third, finish third. You know, I think a lot of people are predicting the Phillies to make a jump, but I actually like the Mets to make the jump. Again, they usually always disappoint. They usually always disappoint, but they still reigning rookie of the year, Pete Alonso. Robinson Cano should be fully healthy. Cespedes is finally going to play. They got Conforto, J.D. Davis, Wilson Ramos. The names are there. The names are there. And again, still have one of the best pitchers in the league. They still got DeGrom. Still got Steven Matz. They brought in Rick Porcello. They got Michael Waka the names are there the names are there for them to be good i think it'll be a very tough division race there but i got the braves first national second mets third right there so moving to the nl central i gotta go with my chicago cubs winning that division i still believe in the core i still believe in the core guys of bryant rizzo bias schwarber contreras hayward hap they brought in Kipnis too. I like Almora. Just with the with the DH this year I think they can have an excellent offense. Down year last year, I think they will be much better this year offensively. And I'm still a believer that you Darvish can figure it out pitching wise for the Cubs. I still think Kyle Hendricks is a number 1. I think Charlie Chat Tyler Chatwood is gonna step up and be nice in the starting role. And if Lester is my fourth best pitcher, I'll take it. If Lester's gonna be my four, oh boy. I like it. I think their bullpen will be a lot better too. Crimbles Kimbrell's gonna have a bounce back year. Just I like the Cubs. Yeah, could be playing favoritism here, but I'll play the favoritism every time when it comes to my Chicago Cubs. Team that I think is gonna finish second. Forget the Brewers because they didn't make any necessary moves. Forget the Cardinals. They didn't make any necessary moves. I think the Cincinnati Reds, I know they're a team that a lot of people predict will be a surprise. I think they will be a nice surprise. I got them finishing second. Still got Votto, Suarez. They brought in Moustakis. They stole Castellanos from the Cubs as well. Took a Two division guys brought him over. That's going to make their offense better. Uh, Again, comes down to pitching. Sony Gray, he's a good pitcher. Luis Castillo, good pitcher. Trevor Bauer, good pitcher. Wade Miley, good pitcher. The Reds are there. Well, I think the Reds will be better than the Cardinals and Brewers. But I, I think that'll be the toughest division to win. I've gone over it before. I went over it last time in the podcast. I think the NL Central is the best, most competitive division, top to bottom. Yeah, Pirates aren't good at all, but those four teams, gonna be, it's going to be a, it's a sprint right now, but th- we're running the 100-meter dash, and whew, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. So I got the Cubs winning the NL Central, but Cincinnati Reds, right there behind them. I think the Reds are going to get the second spot. And then the final division, NL West. I don't think it's much of a, much of a tough decision with this one. Dodgers are winning this division. You know, they brought over Mookie Betts, Max Muncy. Who, uh, who, else needs, who else do you need to talk about with this lineup? Justin Turner, Bellinger, Seager, Pollock, Peterson, Will Smith, Chris Taylor. Again, we've gone over this nauseatingly. They have one of the deepest rosters in all of baseball. Still got Clayton Chir- Kershaw, Ross Striplin, Alex Wood. Walker Buehler is projected to be their fifth best pitcher, and he's going to be unbelievable. Still got a, still got one of the best bullpens out there. Kenley Jansen, Joe Kelly. Uh, it, at this point, it's it's the Dodgers' division to lose. They're just like the Yankees. Yankees should win their division. Dodgers should win their division. Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series. They shouldn't disappoint. They're going to be incredible. I think Betts is going to be phenomenal for them. He's supposed to hit in the leadoff spot. They're they're going to be dangerous. they're going to be dangerous. So watch out for the Dodgers. And a team that I think is going to finish second. Again, my surprise team. I got to believe in the sleepers. I'm not just going to say these opinions and just leave them out to dry. I got the Rockies second. Yeah, I know the Diamondbacks had a decent year last year. Uh, Padres, I guess, have gotten better. But again, I think offense is going to carry in this 60-game sprint. And I like the Rockies offense more than I like the other two. They got Trevor Story, Blackman, Best third baseman in the league in Arenado, Daniel Murphy. They they just got it. They got the guys. It just really comes down to pitching. But in a hitter's ballpark, uh, they're going to be dangerous. And I, I'm i going to believe in them. I'm going to believe in my picks early on. So I got, I got the Rockies finishing second. But again, it, I think it'll be a close race for second place. I don't think we can just throw aside the Diamondbacks or the Padres. I just like the Rockies a little more in this situation. So give me the Rockies to finish second. So, a little rundown of who I think is going to win again AL East, I got the Yankees, AL Central, I got the Twins, AL West, I got the Astros, NL East, I got the Braves, NL Central, I got the Cubs, and the NL West, I got the Dodgers. So, there we go. Moving on. Topic number 2 for the day is the new MLB rules. Look, it's opening day. We need to sp- it needs to be stated what these Rules are going to change. It's going to change a lot. It really is. Let's start with the big one, designated hitter in both leagues. I love the rule change. I think it should just move to this from now on. Both leagues should have designated hitters. I spoke about this before. I am tired of pitching, pitchers going up there and having to worry about hitting when they barely even hit 100. Pitcher's rake is not a real thing. It's a a crock. It's an absolute farce. It doesn't exist. Pitchers don't rake. You know who rakes? The guy who hits 30 home runs who can be your DH. That's who rakes. That's who can be a game changer for you. Designated hitter. We should move to it. And it's going to change the game. It really helps the Dodgers in this situation. I think it's immensely going to help the Cubs in this situation as well. So love, love it. I absolutely love the move. Uh, here's another one that I, I'm not sold on extra innings and the extra runner, a runner, namely the person in the batting order who directly precedes the innings lead off hitter will be placed on second base at the start of every half inning after the ninth. So there will always be a runner on second base. Once we get to extra innings, college softball does something similar to this. So I, I've seen the rule and, um, I'm not that big a fan of it, but at this point, they do need to move games along since there's such a limited amount of time to get 60 games in. And if they want to extend the postseason, which is still on the table, they got the deadline till 7 p.m. tonight to decide if we're going to have 16 teams in the playoffs. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna help teams with high-powered offenses: Angels, Dodgers, Yankees. Hopefully the Cubs, Twins, should benefit from this immensely. That's who is going to help. So I'm not sold on the rule yet. We'll see how it plays out as the season moves on. I I know once we get back to normalcy, if there ever was such a thing, that we go back to 162 games and you don't get any of those extra chances. You don't just get the free runner in extra innings. I really hope baseball doesn't keep this rule and I hope it's only for this season because I'm not that big a fan of it we'll see how it plays out though see how it plays out another one no fighting massive on-field brawls and smaller in-face arguments between managers and umpires will not be tolerated this year according to the operation manual players or managers who leave their position or argue with umpires come within six feet of an umpire or opposing player or manager for the purpose of argument or engage in altercations on the field are subject to ejection and discipline including fines and suspensions no fighting case in point you're not allowed to leave the dugout or the bullpen so if a guy gets plunked he's just got to walk down to first you just got to accept it he just plunked you what can you do no retaliation no such thing yeah, I understand it. We got to abide by the CDC, social distancing guidelines. I understand all of it, but it's definitely going to change the game, and it's definitely will speed things up. And I think that's the point of these rules. It's supposed to make the game faster, move things along. Again, I think this will only apply for this season. or at least I hope so. I'm a big fan of the baseball brawl. I'm a big fan of the argument between manager and umpire and getting in each other's faces i like that i'm a baseball savant i'm a big fan of that kind of stuff keep it coming that's what i want i understand for this season we're not going to let it happen but it is what it is we're in different times drastic times call for drastic measures so that's what we're doing here a couple other rule changes that i'm a big fan of any pitcher that enters the game must face at least three batters or pitch to the end of the half inning Love that rule, because I'm tired of changing pitcher after pitcher after pitcher just to face one guy. No, force them to go out there and show what his worth is facing multiple guys. Make it difficult on him. Don't I understand the strategy of it. I think this had more strategy to be able to pick the right guy to be able to face the next three guys if he can get him out. Next four if he gets someone on base. I think it just makes it much more competitive. Adds to the rules that people say, oh, the designated hitter gets rid of, you know, strategy and schemes like that. Okay, now focus in on the pitching schemes. Focus on the difficulty of pitching then. who, What pitchers are you going to have out there? You can't just throw the specialist out there and expect him to just get the one guy out. Nope, you got to have him face guys. So I'm a big fan of that. Big fan of it. Opening day rosters can include up to 30 players with a minimum of 25. Roster shrink to 28 players on the 15th day of the season and 26 on the 29th day of the season. There will not be a limited number of pitchers, so you can always have as many pitchers as you want, just not as many positional guys. Position players will be permitted to pitch will be permitted to pitch in any game at any point. The league originally wanted to bar position players from taking the mound until their team trailed or led by at least six runs or entered an extra inning. So, again, I don't think that rule matters too much because there aren't too many position guys other than Otani who can really go out there and be dominant. And uh, I think he's going to DH on his non-pitching days or maybe throw him somewhere in the outfield, but I imagine he's going to be more dh than uh he is so i don't think that rule matters all that much at all should inclement weather force the game to be suspended before it becomes official the game will be resumed from the point of suspension at a later date rather than start over Uh, The standard injured list for all players will be 10 days. MLB had planned to implement a 15-day injury list for pitchers in 2020. Uh, In keeping with the health standards, pitchers will be discouraged from licking their fingers while on the mound. They may carry in their back pockets a wet rag, moistening only with water (laughs) so we don't want any guys you know using any illegal substance out there but that'll be interesting to see how they monitor that if they use a rag they must wipe their fingers dry before touching the ball and uh no spitting i don't know how you're going to enforce that but no spitting in the dugout on the field just like we're getting rid of all the germs so i don't know how these guys Uh, baseball you chew seeds you dip yeah but gum these guys are just constantly eating all the time and now you're completely changing the way they're going to function so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that but i understand you got to be safe you got to make it as safe as possible guys in baseball are still testing positive so and with opening day today you can't take any chances so i understand it but i i like a lot of these rule changes it's going to speed the game up make things faster Hopefully they can do a couple of these things in the future to keep games moving along. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. But I like most of the rule changes. Topic number three that we're getting to, Blue Jays still trying to find somewhere to play. Uh, They got denied from being able to play at PNC when uh, Pennsylvania... um, the government health officials denied them being able to play there. The Pirates welcomed them, and then the health officials were like, nope, can't do it. So as of now, Blue Jays expected to play first home game series at Nationals Park. Um, Yeah, Toronto still remains without a home in this shortened season. And, uh, well, they'll play their first two home contests at uh, Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Toronto will reportedly act as the home team when it faces the Nationals on July 29th and 30th. The Blue Chase are scheduled to play two road games against the Nationals on the 27th and 28th after kicking off their season Friday at Tropicana Field with their first contest in a three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. So, just crazy. Not even being able to play at your home stadium and then literally Today's opening day, and they still don't know where their home games are going to be played. I, I know they're involved in discussions right now of playing at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, where the Baltimore Orioles play. Um, at this point, I think that offer is on the table. It really just comes down to health officials deciding that and giving them the A-OK. The state of Maryland must first approve that plan. Um the Blue Jays would reportedly need to agree to contingencies such as abstaining from using either of the ballparks clubhouses when they host games. This could potentially lead to the construction of a makeshift clubhouse for the Blue Jays. It's just It's just absolutely wild that we're literally about to start baseball today at seven o'clock. I know not every team is playing. Every team's going to be playing tomorrow, though, on Friday, but, one team doesn't have a place to officially play their home games yet. They're going to have to figure something out. And whether it's just, uh, at this point, I don't know what they're going to do. It really, Unless maybe they just play all games at the away site and just make them home games. Just like they're doing with the Nationals thing. That'd be the only thing that makes sense to me I, at this point. Unless, if they get denied by Maryland, uh, where do you go from here? where do you really go at that point? Are they going to go down to Dunedin where their minor league baseball, uh, spring training site is, is that where they're going to go? Uh, that's a far travel way to go all move. These guys all the way from Toronto to have them find housing in Dunedin. Not a lot of it. I used to work there with the blue Jays for one summer. There's not a whole lot of options. I mean, these guys have money, but it's a tough move for sure. Um, at this point, Toronto appears willing to deal with such hassles um, than to host games at minor league parks. Um, so at this point, they want to play at more at major league stadiums than even going to the minor league sites because Buffalo looked like an option, but that, those are last resorts. At this point, it's getting to the last resort, people. Opening day today. It's happening. It's opening day today. I'm excited. Let's go. Someone find a place for these guys to play. Because they're a young, up-and-coming team. I want to see Vlad Jr. He just went yard the other night at Fenway in their little preseason games. He's looking dangerous. He's looking big and dangerous. So let's let's get it popping. Find this, find them a home. I hope Maryland approves it and they can play their games at Camden Yards. And they don't have to worry about it because it is a big concern of, like, where are we playing our home games? I mean, the players I'm sure just want to play, but... It's got to be a lot of stress on the organization as a whole to be like, where, where are we playing these games? Where are we going to play our home games? So <sighs> crazy times, crazy times during this pandemic. So moving on. Topic number four, Mookie Betts. One of the best players in baseball is going to get them checks. My guy Mookie agreed to 12 year 365 million dollar extension so he got what he wanted he wanted to be traded from the Red Sox because it didn't sound like they were willing to sign him to such a lucrative deal and sure enough pays off for him the Dodgers wasted no time even during this pandemic even the season just starting tonight it's going to run to 2032 it was announced just yesterday and wow could you imagine i wish i could make that much money uh, even like half forget half an eighth uh, uh, one million i'll take a million dollars but whew, i'm 12 year 365 so at this point he's going to be the lead off man for them he's going to be around forever and gosh Uh, Betts' deal with the Dodgers weighs in as the second-largest contract in baseball history by total value. It trails only Mike Trout's $426.5 million deal with the Angels. Betts has been viewed in recent seasons by popular consensus and win-above-replacement calculations as the clear second-best player in baseball behind only Trout. So I guess it makes sense. Statistically, going by it, he's the second-best player in baseball behind Trout. Uh, Betts is a beast defensively offensively absolute monster out there and he's incredible the deal carries an average value of just over 30.4 million dollars among current active contracts that ranks only 11th it is for example smaller on a yearly basis than Clayton Kershaw's contract which is a three year 93 million dollar deal so annually you know making a little less but I don't think he's going to complain too much when he's making thirty million dollars a year, but wow, just really shocking that the Red Sox didn't want to sign this guy, second best player in baseball, and they were just willing to trade him to one of the best teams, get him in a spot that he wants to be in contention. I guess it's good they didn't send him to a team like Detroit or the Royals. I imagine he would have rejected a trade, but wow, it's just a this this is just in February, people. He was just traded before the season. This wasn't too long ago that this happened. And they traded both him and David Price to the Dodgers. Like, clearly the Red Sox are starting over. Clearly they hit, boom, reset button. We're moving on from superstars on our team and guys that just won us a World Series a couple years ago. No, we're we're hitting the reset button and we're not putting big money contracts on guys as of now. It's just whew. as owner John Henry stated in September, he wanted to get the team below the competitive balance tax line in 2020 trading Betts, who will make 27 million in 2020 was a quick and easy way to accomplish that goal with the deal. The Red Sox admitted an extension with Betts was unlikely though. Some fans held out hopes Betts would consider returning to Boston once he hit the open market. It's another thing. He was a free agent. Uh, and clearly the Dodgers weren't taking any chances in negotiating with him when other teams had a chance to talk to him. It was like, no, let's get this guy signed. because he. Just think about it. Two best players in baseball are playing in the same city. Yeah, I know the Angels are out there, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but still, same city, two best players. And it happened during a pandemic. Clearly it shows that money isn't short, so these owners saying that they don't make any money are absolutely out of their mind. If they're willing to sign bets to that much money, wow. And during the pandemic, it's not like he shortchanged them. He still got as much money as he's worth, a whole $365 million. He's only 27 years old, too. Yeah, I know what they say. Towards the later years, you get over to 40. That production goes down quite a lot, but he's worth it. He's more than worth the money. You know, these long-term contracts are a lot. It's a big investment. But at 27, with the kind of people that they have in their lineup, it's the right move. It's the right move to make. They still got Bellinger, Seager, Pollock. Like, guys are young. They got a lot of young guys on this roster. Max Muncy, Uh, it's a good move. It was a good move by the Dodgers to sign this guy long term and make it happen. So good on the Dodgers and good for you, Mookie. Hey, can I hold $5? Tell you what, can I hold like $500,000, my guy? You know, it'll go to good use, I promise. So topic number five. These National Anthem police just are absolutely out of their mind. So a few players from the San Francisco Giants took a knee during the National Anthem and this is happening throughout baseball. This has been happening throughout sports. And as we come back and sports become live, I imagine the NBA is going to do something like this. You know, they have Black Lives Matter on their court. Um, as we start, they just had little scrimmages yesterday. You know, the court looks great. Um, and I'm all for players using their voice if they want to use the national anthem as a silent protest opportunity to speak out against police brutality and social injustices. You know, I'm all for it. Go right ahead. Use your platform. Make people aware that these situations are happening. I like that the players are doing this, and I'm sure it's going to continue, and it's it's something that's going to happen in sports moving forward. And here comes old President Trump being left... Oh, I was so excited for baseball, but watching these guys take a knee, I turn it right off. I can't stand the sight of them disrespecting our country and flag. Look, there is nothing disrespectful about taking a knee during the national anthem. Let's let's do a little history lesson on how this all started. Colin Kaepernick started this trend back a few years ago. First, the first time he did it, he sat during the national anthem. Okay. I could see how you could find that a little disrespectful. But he found a way to, uh, but he said he had no intent to be disrespectful. He was just simply silently protesting against police brutality in this country. Okay, strong thing to protest about because there is a huge problem with police in this country. So what does he do? He does his due diligence and finds a better way to silently protest during the National Anthem. So he goes with someone who worked within The United States military, a former Green Beret, Nate Boyer, worked with him and decided to take a knee. He talked to Nate, consulted with him. Hey, the best way to show respect for the country and our servicemen and everything that's associated with our country is to take a knee during the national anthem. Okay, great. A military guy was okay with this decision of doing this. Fantastic. And he should be Praise for this. He's extending his First Amendment right to protest, freedom of speech. Isn't that what this country is all about? Going by the Constitution and doing the right thing? Like, that's what I think. If anything, he's doing the most patriotic thing you can do in this moment and silently protesting about something he cares deeply about. And that goes with these other players. They feel that their platform allows them to speak out against social injustices. And a good way to bring attention to these injustices and police brutality is to take a knee during the national anthem. And I'm okay with it. I like it. I'm a fan of this move. And yet, here come the national anthem police just complaining oh, you're disrespecting the troops, you're disrespecting the flag, and all this and all that. Well, Colin Kaepernick specifically went through someone in the military to figure out the best way to silently protest. And a military guy directed him on how to best do it. Take a knee. What more do you need? What more do you really need to show that the guy who originally started this went through someone in the military to get him to sign off on it and make it seem like this is a good idea? And it is. How... How can you as someone who's never served in the military tell someone who has served in the military that you're offended by what he's doing when they're not offended? You never served. And frankly, when it comes to playing the National Anthem at sporting events, if you're not at the game, you're not standing. You can't tell me that you go when the National Anthem comes on in your house that you're standing up, hand on your heart or saluting. No, you're sitting on the couch, feet up, hands deep in chicken wings. So what difference does it make? And we really, why don't we do, if you're going to complain, I, I like what Mark Cuban said about this. If you're going to go complain, complain to your boss of why you don't play the national anthem when you come into work, because you don't complain about that. When we go to the movie theater, do we listen to, an do we sing the national anthem before we watch the movie? When we go to any other form of entertainment besides sports, do we listen to the national anthem? No, no, we don't. And when you're at, The game, yeah, great. You stand up and you put your hand on your heart or do whatever you do, but you respect the people around you who take it seriously. And that's what Colin Kaepernick did, and I think that's what these baseball players are doing. They're respecting everyone. Not every player took a knee, but everyone had to agree with it and was okay with it. And then you get guys, former Giants player Aubrey Hoff, who's like, oh, unacceptable for the Giants to do this. Why? Why is it unacceptable? because it's a respectable thing to do when it comes to taking a knee and other things oh when you ask someone to be engaged you're asking to take them you take a knee when you're in church praying to god what do people do what do these christians do oh you you take a knee it's to show respect to god and you know give him your all why is this any different? Why is it just so controversial? I really don't understand it. These the pol- these national anthem police really are just they don't get it. They really don't. You think they're you think that they're oh, d- disrespecting the flag and, you know, not ex- respecting the troops and it's just like calm down. Like that's not what's happening here. They're using their platform to speak out. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? I don't have a problem with it. I think it's great. If anything, it's the most patriotic thing you can do by extending your First Amendment right of freedom of speech and to extend your right to peacefully protest. That's what the troops fought for. That's what they want you to do. They want you to use your rights that we were given. It's the most patriotic thing you can do. And that's all I got to say about it. Snap out of it. National Anthem Police, you're... You're not doing anything but making yourself look absolutely ridiculous and foolish. You should be ashamed of yourself and you should be happy these guys are speaking out on issues that they think are important. So cry me a river and build me a bridge so you can get over it. Because I really don't care. And wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. And those are the five topics. Unpopular opinion that I want to get to today. Uh, Oh, baseball. Opening day here I never thought I'd be saying it's opening day in July for Major League Baseball. Never thought I'd see the day, but something needs to change with baseball. And baseball needs to become more fun. You know, not enough people are paying attention to the game. They say what the average fan age is like forty, fifty-four, 54 or something. It's it, It's an old man game. The people don't pay attention to the game. That young people don't watch it. It's not something young people are interested in. And I think there's a few reasons why. First of all, you're not allowed to have any emotion out there. If you backflip, oh my God, you better believe the next guy who comes to the plate is getting 95 to the ear hole for, for some reason or 80 or 99 to the hip. Like, I really don't understand why a guy can't be more excited to do something that's very difficult to do and hit a home run and get excited about it. Oh, it's it's showing up the pitcher. No, it's not. Maybe it's. Getting excited about what he just did in helping his team win. Yeah. These guys need excitement. Show me some emotion. Get excited of what's happening. Let these guys get fired up when it comes to hitting home runs. And that goes with pitchers, too. If you strike a guy out, I don't think it's about showing guys up. It's showing emotion. It's showing you're fired up. It's showing you're doing what you love to do. And you are so happy with what you just did that you struck the guy out. You got out of a tough situation. Show me some emotion. It's okay to show emotion. If anything, the NBA has shown that it works. Guys, show emotion. Guys, talk trash. Guys, Trash talk, they get very serious. Yeah, they trash talk in Major League Baseball, but God forbid a guy flips his bat and, oh, showed up the pitcher. Oh, he he stared at the ball too long when he hit a home run. Oh, time to hit him or his teammate the next time he comes up. Oh, and then retaliation on the next side. It's, it's part of this unwritten rules of baseball. Now, I'm a fan of some unwritten rules. I used to play baseball. You know, there are some unwritten rules of baseball that you know are just part of the game but i don't think they're that big a deal like one of them you know it don't steal bases if you have a big lead there's no point to be advancing runners you know i understand that that's rubbing it in you know don't steal bases when you're too far down you know that's just part of it oh if someone has a no hitter or a perfect game going you don't talk about it you don't mention it to the pitcher that's something else i understand makes sense to me I wouldn't want the added pressure. I know what I'm doing if I'm a pitcher. Another thing, don't bunt to break up a no-hitter. Whether, you know, you're a fan of that or not, that is what it is. But let these guys have fun. Go out there and enjoy the game they love. Yeah, watch when you hit a 450-foot home run and you want to stand at and watch that ball float. And for a little extra second if you just want to stand there and watch it what's the problem with that it's not showing anyone up you're admiring your work that goes with the picture you strike a guy out feel free to yell fist bump get excited about the whole situation that's great i think it's great for the game to be doing something like that what's not great is when you do something like that and oh huge backlash oh my god he's showing me up oh unwritten rules you know it's just unacceptable That's what's going to make the game more fun. You want people to pay attention more? You want young people to feel fired up about going to baseball games? Allow these young guys to have emotion. These old guys, like Madison Bumgarner is a great example of this. Mac Muncy hit a home run off him a few years ago, and he stood in the box for like one second to admire his home run. Wasn't showing him up. Oh, Madison Bumgarner has some words to say to him. Oh, they, they start fighting. It's like, what is that, Matt? Madison? Yeah, you threw a mistake pitch. Yeah, you should be you shouldn't be mad at him. You should be mad at yourself for giving up a monster home run that lost you the game. You should you shouldn't be upset at him for admiring his work. You should be upset upset at your own work for messing up and giving them the lead. It's it's an absolute embarrassment that baseball that this is even a question. Let guys have fun. Let guys go out there and enjoy it. Come on. There's no reason for you to be getting upset if a guy bat flips or watches his home run leave the ballpark. Why are you getting that upset? Why are you getting so upset? It's absolutely absurd. Let these guys have emotion. Let these guys get fired up. Because that's going to change the game. It's only going to get younger people more into it of seeing these guys excited. These young players is bat flipping going to change the absolute course of the game? No, but getting rid of unwritten rules of oh, if you stare at your home run too long, uh, automatic hit hit by pitch the next your next at bat or hitting your teammate because you stared at the ball too long. It it's just baseball just needs to change a few things to get young people more into it, and I think that also comes down to speeding up the game, making games quicker. Yeah. Young people have a shitty attention span. I'm well aware of it. I love baseball, but the casual fan doesn't want to waste three and a half hours. They have a hard time doing it. Pitch clock, 15 seconds. It worked in Dunedin. I saw it in the Florida State week. It worked very effectively. Games were like two hours, 45 minutes. Yes, there's a big difference between 45 45 minutes added to a game. If you can take off 45 minutes, 30 minutes, yes. That is doing a service to the game. Make the game more fun. Make the game exciting. Please. I want people to play baseball. It used to be America's pastime. People loved baseball. It was the huge rave. And now it's a dying sport. You know, it's number three if you look at it. And soccer and the NHL aren't far behind. Lucky NHL doesn't do much as far as, you know, PR and everything like that. Because... If soccer, if the league here in America gets any better, baseball could become the fourth most popular sport. And I'd have a huge problem with that as a big diehard baseball fan. So, mm, come on. Energize the game. Get rid of these unwritten rules. Add some things to speed up the game. Just make the game better. Make the game better so more people pay attention. The DH rule, step in the right direction. Allow guys to have fun out there. Allow them to enjoy it rather than being stiffs out there that no one cares about. Allow these guys to show their personality to make it more interesting. It only makes sense to me. That's how you make the game better. And that's the end of episode 19 of the Hang Sign with Helgi podcast. It's opening night, people. Go watch some baseball tonight, 7 p.m. Nationals versus Yankees. 10 o'clock game. Giants versus Dodgers. Baseball is back. Let's get it poppin', people. Let's get it poppin'. And as always, during this pandemic, remember, wash your damn hands. Alright, I'm out. Peace.